Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. So it's been almost a, a year since I've been coming, like randomly. <laughs> And so it's kind of cool. It's like, like it's like a new beginning, but it's like it's not because I already feel like I'm part part of Silver Lake. And so um, I'm honored for the opportunity to serve you guys and be part of this family. And so thank you. And um, we don't take it lightly either. Oops, got that. And so just so you know, um, our heart is is for this church. Our heart is for this community. And, um, man, we're just sitting, um, it's Super Bowl Sunday, right? <laughs> so celebrate, I actually had, had a little date with my wife, so we went to Olive Garden, got the all-you-can-eat soup and salad, and so it was super, <laughs> right? And then he, he has to torture me today, like I hadn't eaten breakfast, and he has a dessert song up there. <laughs> Did you see that? I'm like, it's not time for dessert, I think it's just needed one more acid be dessert, right? So I just can't spell very well because landed on my head too many times, right? But we're just watching, and I was watching people, and like you can see people, and there's so many people who are lost and hurting, and just like just like observing sometimes. You ever just sit back and observe? Like I've learned to do that with horses, is because wait, time out. Father, bless the sermon, bless me, speak through me in Jesus' name, Amen. Okay. After all, I'm covering my bases, right? Because I can't do anything without him, right? But I'm just observing. So like with horses a lot of time, what, like we think we know everything about everything. You know what I'm talking about? And so a lot of times we don't take the time to really look at what's going on around us or what's going on. But like if you just observe people sometimes, like all of a sudden they look happy and then all of a sudden you'll look at, they'll have a certain look on their face. Like, whoa, something's up, you know? Same thing with the horse. Like if they have their ears pinned, right? It's not a good sign, right? But you wouldn't think that would be a bad sign. You'd think like if they're licking and chewing their lips, do you know what that means? They're getting ready to eat you. No, I don't. It means they're relaxed, like their jaws are relaxed. Like if you get upset or you get mad, what happens? Your jaw tightens up, like really strong, right? Well, same thing, same thing happens to horses, happens to people, but you can see or someone's heart's broken. I looked over and I saw some, and I was just like, man, there's so many people who are lost and hurting. And so I don't ever want to take for granted the grace that God's given to me that I actually had the opportunity to meet him. And when I actually go through something, I'm not just going through it by myself, that I have someone to go to. And maybe I won't not skip having hurts and problems, but I know when I'm going through those hurts and problems that I have someone going with me through them. Do you know what I'm talking about? I've been through stuff in my life where if it wasn't for Jesus, I wouldn't have made it through, right? There's stuff where, where the only thing I could do next was get up and breathe, right? And so sometimes those things happen, but to go through something like that without Jesus, how horrible would that be? 
And so, like, I don't ever want to go through anything without Jesus. And I want, want him in every part of my life and want him to be, want to be available to have him in every part of my life. But at the same time, I don't want to take that for granted to where I'm not, like, available. To, like, sometimes those people just need prayer. Like, and sometimes it's not like you got to go slap your hands on them and say, come out in the name of Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you can just say, Father, help them. Reveal yourself to them. And, and just be there for them. Or you see someone who's struggling, maybe you can just give them a little bit of a hand, a little bit of encouragement. Hey, you look great today. And a lot, to, a lot of people don't know how to take a compliment. You know what I'm saying? You say that, and all of a sudden they get it. Oh, well, I don't, I don't really look good today, you know. I, look, I got a mirror, right? <laughs> My wife put this, like, in our doorway of our house. She got this beautiful picture, and every time I walk by it, I see myself. It's a mirror. And I tell her, I was like, my favorite picture in the house is right there, <laughs> right? But some people don't, don't see themselves, because like, do you know you're God's highest form of creation? Yep. Right here on earth, right? Do you know what? That makes you valuable. That makes you important. That makes you special. And so if you're that special, that God would send his one and only son for you. Don't you think that we can own that? Right? And so, so I don't ever want to get into that, that state where I'm not sensitive to the lost around me, right? And so in Washington, and this is why I love being here, and I'm just giving you a little bit of, of my heartbeat because I want you to, to know who I am, right? One thing about, you'll find about me and Linda both is we're very transparent, sometimes too transparent. So they're like, oh, I thought you were perfect. And I was like, I did too, but I got up. <laughs> right and so we'll share it we'll share stuff but if we don't if we just live in this bubble and live in this false thing then nobody's going to ever believe anything we say do you hear what i'm talking about they're like oh yeah you know you never have a problem you never go through anything you've never done this or you've never done that and you're just a liar and you are right because what you're doing is you're deceiving and you're hiding right and so we can step out there and say, this is who I am. I'm a son of the living God, but I'm still growing, and I'm still going to make a mistake here and there, and when I do, I'm going to own it, and I'm going to go forward, right? And so that's how, how we can be with, with the lost. But, um, <clears throat> man, I want to see the people come to Jesus, because there's like, there's, in, in Washington, they did a study, and I think there was over 90% of the population do not identify with any type of religion, which is good news, right? Because religion kills, but relationship brings life. But it's also quite sad, because that means that those 90% don't know Jesus. And so that means like one in every 10 people you see know Jesus. That's really sad, unless you're a missionary or a preacher, right? It's still sad, but it also is like, where else on the planet would you want to be than right here, right now at this time? There's nations in Africa we're sending missionaries to that have more people saved than right here. Do you know that? And, and so you're like, man, he's bumming us out this morning, right? <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm trying to encourage you guys because God called you for this time in this place, and for a purpose. And that purpose isn't just to, to kind of um, go through life and be a spectator, but he called you. 
you guys have a call and a purpose on your life. Do you know that? It's just not the pre all pre all the he's called of God, and that bugs me sometimes because I'm like, you know what? You're called of God too. There's people that only you can love, and people that only you can reach, and and if you don't ever try, or if you don't ever get a get a revelation of who you are and how 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 important you are, you'll you'll never you'll never get there. And so I was praying this morning. I was actually going to go somewhere completely different, and I got kidnapped. Right? And the, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and goes, I want you to do groundwork. I was like, we don't have a round pin. I don't think they'll want to run around. <laughs> He's like, knock it off. Listen to me. Right? So I, last week I started talking about how to study the Bible. And I think it's important because as a pastor, I, I think to, I'm a little bit different because I, I want to work with people. And I want to empower people. And that's, that's how we should. And I think that's the biblical way for a pastor to be. Like our job, the Bible says in Ephesians 4, it says he, he gave um, um, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for what? For the equipping the saints for the work of God. So what is my job? Not just to stand up here and look pretty, which I do. <laughs> right? But my job when, when is to impart, to encourage, to lift up, but to equip, too. And so many of the times, like, as pastors, we get up and, like, read the Bible, study the Bible, do this. And, then, and they're like, okay, and I'm reading, and I'm reading. And then we've been given all these great tools. But we're out here going with our tools, but no one out there has those tools. Right? And so one of my goals is I want to I equip, and I want to give you some tools that will make this Bible come even more alive to you maybe give you some tips on on how to study and and stuff like that and um, i'm going to do it in the context of scripture too okay so last week i started talking about some of the ways i study there's inductive right you guys remember the inductive so like when i see there's inductive there's deductive and there's springboard there's three different types of, of bible study right so now the inductive, I always think of, when I see the inductive, I'm going to, put, I'm going to go in to the Scripture, and I'm going to be a part of the Scripture, right? And I'm going, to, I'm going to observe, I'm going to interpret, and then I'm going to find an application. But I'm going to be like, like kind of an investigation, right? Like I'm inducting an investigation. And in order to induct, in, to, that's too fancy of a word, in order to have an investigation, in order to find out what's going on, <laughs> is that plain enough, right? In order to find out what's going on, I need to find out who's involved, what's the characters, who are the characters, what are they like, what makes them tick, right? So, so you, you can see, like, for example, in John chapter 20, I was just talking about this. Jesus had just risen from the dead. You see, see, he already meets him at the tomb and says he's gone. And the next thing you know, you see the disciples, except for Thomas, they're sitting, or they're, they're in, a, in a room. They have the door locked, and it says they have the door locked because they're afraid that the Jews are going to come and kill them. Right? And so they're sitting there. They're scared to death. And then all of a sudden, Jesus just walks right through the door, just appears right behind the door. Like, remember last time they saw him? He was hanging on a cross. He was dead, right? 
And now they're sitting here, they're scared to death thinking they're going to die. And all of a sudden, like he didn't even know there was a door there. It didn't even matter that the door was locked. He appears, hey boys, how's it going? <laughs> right? And then it says this, it says, then he had to say, peace be with you. And I always thought, you can just read through that. And Jesus said, peace be with you. And then, but if you don't really conduct your investigation and see, well, what's really going on? Now take it here. We're in a room, right? The door is locked. We've just seen Jesus killed, and we're worried that they're going to come kill us, right? And all of a sudden, Jesus appeared and said, hey, boys, you know what? If I was in that room, he'd have to say peace with you, too, to me, too, because I'd be like, oh, my gosh. It's Jesus. You're supposed to be dead. Aren't, aren't you? You know, I mean, come on. Or, uh, think about that. And so we go in and we see that, and then we can see the responses in the characters. Who was John? What was his response, right? Because every time you'd see John, he was laying down with his head on Jesus. He's just a cuddle bug. He's just, a, he's just a, like a little teddy bear, man. I think, think some people have teddy bears. Jesus had John. You know? And so he's like, I just want to be near your heart. I just want to hear your heart. I just want to know what you're thinking about. And you can see that in John, right? In fact, John describes himself as the, he don't call himself John. He describes himself as the disciple whom Jesus loves, like he didn't love the other ones. You know what I'm saying? It's because he had such a revelation of who he was in God and how much the Father and Jesus loved him. They like, he goes, all I want to be is by your heart. I want to know your heart, right? Then you see Peter, right? This dude had said, I'm going to be as faithful to Jesus as anybody. He's like, in fact, I'm even better, right? I'm not going to deny you. And guess what happened? Not once, not twice, but thrice, right? Three, that's three times, right? Right? And so... You see Peter, the guy who chopped off a dude's ear when they went to arrest Jesus. Like, he's a fiery dude. Can you imagine how hurt and broken? Oh, you know, Jesus is never going to want anything more to do with me. And Jesus addresses that later in John when, when he sees him, right? But you can kind of see the characters coming together. And so you kind of investigate. And as you read through the scriptures, you'll see the personality of these guys. And then it's not just... A religious thing, but it's a, it's the story of, and it's it's a history in a way too, and so you can observe what's going on, and then it comes more to life for you. Does that does that make sense? So now the inductive is kind of bringing it out, or in inductive bringing it out. Deduct is like you're you're going in and inductive. Deducting is like you're pulling out what you want to say, right? It's like now, the deductive is like with premises. Like you start with a premise or a topic, and then you find the Bible, and you find scriptures that make that say what you want to say. In fact, like I could create a sermon that an atheist would love. I could take a scripture in the Bible and tell you that there is no God. Right? I could create a whole sermon on that. And you guys, well, that's not in the Bible. Yes, it is. It's Psalms 14.1. But do you know what the problem is? It's out of context, right? Because it says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. Now, that's a big difference from 
Do you hear what I'm saying? Then, then there is no God. And so deducting that stuff from Scripture like, can be dangerous, right? So now I don't mind topics. I love topics, but I love topics in context. So read before the Scripture and read after the Scripture and then do and then I still like to do a little bit of an investigation, right? And so don't be afraid to use your imagination. Don't be afraid to go back. Like, just like envision that you're there, right? The Jewish people every year have a Passover Seder. And in the Passover Seder, do you know what they do? They say, we're going to remember. Now, that word re remembers Zokar, but it actually means this. It means like you relive, you relive the Passover just like you were there. So like when you remember it, it's like I'm going right through it just like I was there. And, and then when you're, you're inserting yourself into the story and you're like watching, you ever guys see those little cartoons where like they go back into the Bible times and, and they're inserted and they're talking to them and stuff like that and they're watching this going on and that going on? You can do that, right? Don't, don't be afraid to, to think outside the box and let this word come alive for you because when it does you'll see Jesus come to life you'll you'll see all these other guys come to life and when they do it'll 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 change you it can't help but change you because now you're in a relationship and it's just not some legalistic framework that you do good get good do bad get beat you know what I'm talking about and so it opens the door to our heart, right? And then the, the third one was um, springboarding, right? I love to springboard. Like, I feel like a Labrador. Do you ever see them? Like when they throw the, you know, and they just jump off the dock and they're going over here and then they're going over here and they're going over here. It's like it's all, it's all good vittles, right? But there's a lot of times you'll find I think springboarding is necessary because it gives you reference to what's being said. So you maybe hear this over here, but then you'll have another account here and another account here. So the Bible says out of two or three witnesses, a thing is what? It's established. So we know that it's established. We know we can depend on it. We can hang our hat on it. And then we also let the Bible interpret the Bible and we allow the text to come alive in the context, right? Not taking, you know what happens when you take the text out of context, right? But if you leave the text in context, good news, right? And so, so that's real important. Another way to, to, to understand this is, is um, in inductive, I'm going to start, I'm going to start and then I'm going to get into some scripture and kind of, kind of show you how how you can do it. So, the, uh, is this okay? Yeah. Are you guys good with that? I'm not putting you to sleep or anything, right? <laughs> right? So, so, in inductive, there's three things we do. The first thing is we observe, right? And I talked about observing earlier, right? I want to observe, I want to get in. What is this saying? I'm going to observe it here and I'm going to get in it to here. And then maybe like there's like some Bibles have little things where it gives you scripture references that go along with it. So you can go and you're kind of springboarding, but that's okay, right? Sometimes God talks to you that way, right? So you can go to that scripture, 
You say, oh, it says over here in Acts chapter 10 the same thing that it says here, or it says go here and it'll reference here. And, you, and you're building on something, right? But you're observing and you're getting into it. And, and that's, real, that's real important. And the next thing we do after we observe and get a good, good head for it is we interpret, is interpretation. So what is interpretation? Well, like if you're in a foreign country, right? For instance, I'm from Oklahoma, <laughs> right? When I come to Washington, I'd say stuff. And my wife would look, if she's from Washington, she'd look at me and she'd go, what did you say? You know what I needed? An interpreter. I don't need an interpreter with her anymore because now she's trained. So, <laughs> kind of. Still working on that. I tell her all the time, it's taking you forever to figure out I'm right all the time. That's what she does. She laughs, right? But now I have an interpreter, right? So I talk. So I say, man, I ain't had no, so much fun since the hogs ate my little brother. They're like, what did he say? He's just having fun, right? So I have an interpreter, right? There's an interpretation of what I'm saying. So you're finding out God's trying to say something to you through the scriptures. And what am I interpreting through that? What am I, let's use a cowboy term, term what am I understanding it's not a cowboy term, it's a regular, but I can call it cowboy, right? But understanding, I'm understanding what's coming out. What is God showing me that's coming alive to me that I'm getting out of this? Right? So, so that's interpret, right? What does it mean to me personally? Because, right, this Bible, you know, I can preach a sermon and ten people come up to me and tell me I preach something different. Do you know why? Because the Bible is alive. And it's quick and it's powerful. Like it used to hurt my feelings when I was young. It's like, man, I must really stink because nobody even understood what I was trying to get across. Right? But it wasn't that when I realized, wait a second, the Bible is alive and it's going to speak, that verse is going to speak something to you and to you and to you and to you. And when it speaks to your heart, that's the Holy Spirit. And he's bringing that to life and he's saying, hey, Right? He, he's given us promises and precepts. He's say, saying, these are my promises, and these are where, where we, we can walk in our steps. Right? And so that comes alive as, as an interpretation. The third thing we do is application. Now, what does that mean? It means you've got to fill out an application. <laughs> no. It's how, how does it apply, and where or what do I apply it to, to me personally, or to the situation I'm in, or to how my life is right now. Because I tell you, anything that you're ever gone through, going through, or going to go through, there's an answer right here. Sometimes it's not an answer you want, because like sometimes he said, just wait. Right? Man, I hate that word. <laughs> right? But I promise you, he will give you he will give you something, and, and, and it, it will affect and be applicable. applicable, applicable. You'll be able to put it to work in your life. <laughs> How's that? Man, all those fancy words. I'm trying to, trying to be 
pastoral here, but I was going to be a cowboy. How's that? So here's how my, one of my mentors told me, taught me, and uh, he's, he's a great, I have so much respect for him, him and another man that started the cowboy, cowboy uh, church movement. Like they would go to rodeos and preach to guys, and they were at a rodeo one time, and they were sitting on the back of a truck on the, you know how the tailgate's off with their feet hanging. Two cowboys come up and roped them, drug them down the road. When they got ways down the road, they stopped. And they said, okay, we're done now. He said, so, so you blankety blank blank blanks, now tell me your God loves me. And they crawled to the side and they're like, not only does our God love you, but we still love you too. That was 50 some years ago. About six years ago at the National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas, they were going through this where they didn't want public prayer and all this. So the people who put on the National Finals Rodeo said, yeah, we're not going to have prayer at the rodeo. So all the cowboys had a meeting. And 100% of them voted and said, if you don't have prayer at the rodeo, we don't compete. Guess what they did? They had prayer. You cannot go to a rodeo nowadays where you don't see the culture affected. And it's because of the sacrifice that these guys went through and made that has affected that culture, that affected a big outcome. That like, Because that's like viewed by millions and millions of people, right? But they said, you know something? And they make most of their money, to set this in context, they make more money at the National Finals Rodeo than they do all year long, right? So that's pretty big, right? But that one sacrifice. So he always told me this. He says it starts with your head, right? Then to your heart. Then from your heart, your hands, right? So that's observe with your head. We interpret in our heart. And then the application comes with our hands. James said it. He's like, faith without works is dead. You know why? Because I guarantee you, you have faith that's working, but it may not be the faith in the right thing. Right? Because you believe something in your, you have something in your head that dropped down to your heart that's working through your hands, and it might be the wrong thoughts. It might be the wrong paradigms. But I guarantee you, you have faith in something, and that scripture is working in your life, whether you know it or not. Amen? So it's important for us to, to um, understand that. Now, I'm going to get to scripture. I'm going to try to get through it in five minutes. If not, I'll pick up in two weeks. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So it says this, I'm going to just start in Ephesians verse 15, and it says this, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Wait a second. That's saying that 
He wants to give us the, the spirit of wisdom and re revelation, not so that we can do better, but that we can know Him better. And when we know Him better, do you know what's going to happen? We're going to do better, right? So works is the outflow of effort, but fruit is the outflow of your life in Christ Jesus. You guys understand that? It's an outflow. He created us to do good works in Him, right? And so, um, but it comes from a place of relationship because when we know Him, we're like, man, I love Him. And then we start being like Him. I mean, you can't separate us because you're made in the image of God, right? But when you get to being around Jesus and hanging around Jesus very soon, you know who you talk, hang around? You start talking like Him. You start, anybody ever told their kids this? Right? You better watch your friends and who you hang around because you'll be just like them. Man, I can't tell you. You should see the people I hung around. And you know what? It, it affected me because like, pretty soon you start talking like them. You start walking like them. Right? And so it'll affect you. It's, it's just a matter of what's going to happen. And you're like, well, the Bible don't work. Yeah, it does. It does. And so you may not believe it, but it's working for all, everybody. 100% of the people, 100% of the time whether you believe it or not, right? So that, he may know, that we may know him better. I also pray that the eyes of your heart, of your what? Of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope of which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. So what's he talking about? He's talking about the head, in the heart. Why is that so important? We know in our head, but then it drops down to our hearts and we have an understanding of what we've heard in our head. And now, now we're acting like that. Hey, I'm a son of God, you know? You ever get convicted? I mean, you do something wrong, like maybe yell at a Prius on the way to church? <laughs> right? And you're like, oh man, that's right. I'm a son of God. We don't, we don't yell at cars. That's like... Well, I do still. Pray for me, right? But you guys understand what I'm saying? He's like, man, I've, I, want, I have something to live up to, right? And, and that's what drives me now, right? Okay. May me like, in order that you may know the hope of which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe, that power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realm. Now listen to me. This Bible is not just something that's just ordinary or, or common. It is uncommon. It has power. It, you better watch out. I'm telling you, you, it will change your life. If you don't want your life changed, don't do it. I dare you. I double dog dare you, right? It will change your life. You know, it, it contains everything you need, but there's power and there's wisdom and there's revelation in it. And it's dangerous to the enemy, right? And he seated us at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all role and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in this present age, but also 
in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. For the what? Which is the body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So what is the church? Think about that. It's the fullness. Do you know in you is the fullness of God? You know, the Bible talks, it talks in the Bible about how one's the, the arm and one's the eye. We got eyes in here. We have ears in here. We have little toes in here. Right? We also have noses in here. Sometimes they get clogged up. Right? But everything that's needed to reach this world and to reach your world and to change this world is in this room right now. We're not waiting on anything. What's God called you? Like, man, Pastor, you're meddling. Now I'm going to challenge you because there's greatness in you. And every pore of you. And God's like, hey, I'm looking all over the world for someone who will just believe me. My question to you is like, close. Would it be you? Amen? Father, thank you for your word. I just ask that you just... Open our eyes so that we can see how great you are and what you've got in us and what you're doing through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.